When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, draft 412. We are going to talk about the Steelers today and what a day it was in Pittsburgh Steeler uh, territory today. We got the draft 412 guru here, Joe, at draft 412. Joe, how are you doing tonight? I am well, JT. Thanks for having me again. They say thanks. They say Christmas is after Thanksgiving, but for Steeler fans, it, it felt like Christmas came before Thanksgiving. And I actually sort of started feeling bad as the day went on that we're excited about a guy losing his job. It's never fun for somebody to lose their job, but in this case, it was something that we were looking at for about six weeks now. Uh, Matt Canada, of course, got fired today. Um, running backs coach Eddie Faulkner and quarterbacks coach Mike Sullivan are taking over the reins. How do you feel about the way the Steelers went about this? And are you happy with the fact they're going to go with two guys inside the team uh, before bringing in, 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 before bringing somebody on the outside in. Well, I mean, first of all, it, it was a long time coming. Uh, this sentiment had settled within the fan base last year, and just continued. It persevered throughout the you know, early part of the season, culminating in an embarrassing moment at, at a Penguins game where the Penguins fans were chanting <laughs> to fire Canada. And it made ESPN. And I saw something today on ESPN, which was interesting. It's the first time in season the Steelers have fired a head coach or a uh, you know an offensive coordinator, a senior 1941. member of staff. Nineteen forty-one, man. That's so amazing. you're talking about you know, World War Two. <laughs> you know, no one, no one. I mean, so it's 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 crazy to think about that. So you know that's how desperate I think this team is for that. And if you could rewind the clock just three weeks, I mean, the Steelers lost to Jacksonville because we ran the same offense and we lost to Cleveland last week because we ran the same offense. There were 12 screen passes, six to the left, six to the right. They were the same screen passes that were called in the first half. There was no adjustments. There were nothing that they were throwing off of that. There weren't options in those plays. You know what those things are like when you, you, you try to, you, you you have the same formation and then you 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 go in there and you have three or four different ways to run a play off of it to throw off a defense and that defense was teed up waiting for those things and it just didn't happen so i think matt canada is a fantastic college offensive coordinator um very his but his it's too simplified for the nfl and you can't tell me that he doesn't have pro quarterbacks on this team like sure does he have patrick mahomes no He's got he's got three guys that could start in the NFL on this team. Pickett's the best of the bunch, and you're running a basic offense that doesn't allow the guy to throw down the field or use the seam of the field. Uh, and and I just don't get it. Now I know part of it is lack of talent on the offensive line. They addressed some of that this year. I think they thought they addressed more than what they actually did. Um, but this past week, I mean, Dan Moore gave up three more sacks to Miles Garrett. Why is Broderick Jones not? He can't do any worse. Right. Instead, you know, that we're 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 still putzing around with that decision. And and so I, I think there's plenty of, of blame to go around, but unfortunately it always falls, 
you know, up in this case to uh, the offensive coordinator at Matt Canada, and it was just his time to go. Are are you are you okay with them um, not bringing in somebody from the outside right now and just handing it over? You think that's a smart move? Just let them run the next seven games with uh, the running backs coach and quarterbacks, a Faulkner well, and not Sullivan. So it's not the right move. I, I should say it's not the smart move, but it's the right move. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, it's hard to, it rarely do you see these changes in season where they work. You just get guys to get promoted. It's just the way the system is, you know, these guys have been playing in a the system. They're used to play calls and bringing in someone from the outside. The nomenclature is different. The, you know, it's just so hard to learn that mid season, and this, for better or worse, is a playoff team, right? This, these guys are sitting at six and four um, with a split against the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, they also have, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a game in hand against the Baltimore Ravens. You know, going into uh, a, Cle- uh, a Cincinnati game with, uh, with a quarterback problem, right? And so there's, they have winnable games the rest of the way. Now, is this team ready to compete for a championship? No. You know, this team is not – maybe they accidentally compete for the AFC North. They were in it up until this past week. Uh, but ultimately, these guys are going to be able to to at least have some level of consistency. And I just think they need to turn on the Jets, take off the, the you know, the reins and let Kenny play uh, and mm-hmm. see what they've got. Because I, I, right now, I don't think they have much – they, they can't go onto the street and get a guy. And there's a lot of turnover in the NCAA and bringing in someone mid-season. It's just not – it's just not feasible, and so they're doing what they can, knowing what they got, and it can't be any worse than what they've been living through. And unfortunately, Matt Canada, um, you know, had to pay the piper today. Joe, in your opinion, was this a move after that game they were going to make no matter what, or do you think that? I know it's hard to say this; it's, it's just an opinion. But when Najee, his quotes, Kenny Pickett's quotes, do you think that played into it, or do you think this decision was already? coming down after they scored 10 points. I think if they were planning to do this, they should have done it during the bye week. Uh, you you get too. at least a two week hiatus to recover, mm-hmm. install the next generation of the same offense that you're running. I agree. Give some familiarity in the room. And they didn't do this. They didn't have the intention of doing it. I think that they were close to a player mutiny here. And I use that word cautiously because I think these players handled it about as professionally as they could. Uh, but it wasn't just Harris and Pickett and Deontay Johnson. And a couple of weeks before it was Chooks Okafor. I mean, there was a level of of discomfort. And you were getting it from other teams too. When other teams and players on the teams are saying, we know what's coming. We know what their plays are. I mean, that's too simple, right? That should never happen. And that's been happening for over a year. And I think it was time for them to – they just couldn't finish the season doing what they were doing, you know, and it was just time that, you know, or else the heat would have gotten turned up on everybody else for not making it a very obvious decision uh, when they, when they had a chance to do it. Well, that being said with, with uh, Canada gone now, so that, and and I kept saying to people, like, we got to make some kind of move. Like you can't say it's Canada. You can't say it's Pickett. You got to get rid of one or the other to see if, if the other person, if they start to succeed, like, you know, if you, if you bench Pickett and, and Mason Rudolph goes in there and they score 30 points and he throws 300 yards, all right, it was Pickett. But now the Canada's gone. Is Pickett, like, on – is he more on a spotlight now? Does he, does he have to really – I mean, if he, if he comes out against Cincinnati, throws for a, a buck 10, no touchdowns, and doesn't move this offense again, is that, does, it, does that start to become – does fingers start getting pointed at Pickett now? 
Well, I think the scapegoat's gone, right? So yeah. it, he has to turn it up. And and secondly, there, there's two sides of this argument. The first is something you and I talked about with Chris Mack at um, you know, the Lucky 13s mm-hmm. uh, last week, which is, you know, Kenny's just finished his 16th start. Mm-hmm. That makes him no longer a rookie. But people still, they, they, they heap, I mean, this town has no patience for draft picks to develop. I mean, Broderick Jones has played very well on the right side, took six or seven games to get him into that situation, took a player speaking out on the sideline to get benched to play in a, in a position out of position. Um, and he gave up his first sack this past weekend against a very stout defensive team in the wow. Cleveland Browns. There's no shame in that. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. Um, had three three penalties. In this in this past game, but also had two passes defended and looked really good all game against Amari Cooper, except for a couple of unnecessary handsy calls that he just has to learn to get over. But you know, again, learning on the job, letting him play it out. In Kenny's case, I think the the problem that Kenny has, he's he could make every throw on the field. He's just not been allowed to. And when you you're running the same twenty or thirty plays and they're just not working, and teams are waiting on them, that's a problem, right? And I think that better play calling different play calling is going to help him. It's going, it's going to have to, but you're right. He's got seven games left in the season, plus a playoff game more than likely to learn again on the job, go into next season strong. And this team is so, it's so young and it's still bereft of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Right. And we'll see, like they finally are starting to play some of these guys, you know, but you know, ultimately, I mean, Deontay Johnson didn't just do the Steelers any favors last week. George Pickens, they didn't even target George Pickens. You've got a guy who does not drop a pass, who will win every combat situation you have, and they didn't throw it to him. They got Pat Fryermuth back, and all I heard all week was how this weapon was going to you know, open up the seam in the field, was going to open up the middle of the field. They, they threw, threw one pass to him, pass. and it was a screen pass. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, one of the screen passes. It's ridiculous. It was literally ridiculous. And so – I hope that changes. I think now this is going to this the blame game will migrate from Canada to Pickett if he doesn't make a difference. But I think we are going to see a difference. I think Kenny's capable of doing that, and I think that you know he's playing within the confines of what he's given. He's not as a rookie, as a as a first year guy. He doesn't want to lose his job. You know he's going to listen to the coaches and do what they say and be professional about it and all those kind of things that you expect from a mature quarterback. I think this one is where they're going to say, "Hey, Kenny, you know what?" training wheels are off, bud. You know, every play in the playbook is now available to you and we're going to use them. And I think that uh, they're going to prove a point this, this coming week in Cincinnati, whether it works or not, we'll find out. But I think that, yeah, some of this blame by the end of the season, if he does not improve, we'll know that it's not, it wasn't just Canada. It was also Kenny's performance. Would you be okay if Pickett went out this week and threw 250 yards, but threw a couple picks? Maybe he took a couple of chances he normally wouldn't have taken, but he, he, he was throwing the ball downfield. Would you be okay with that as a, as a next step to the progression if he, you know, just opens so, it up? And- yeah, so here's, a, here's an unpopular stance that I'm going to say because I, I think that um, – you know, people in the city don't have patience for this team. It would be okay for me if the Steelers went out and lost every single game the rest of the I, way. And it's not I because agree. I own a draft. A draft. This team isn't that good. No. It has lots of depth problems. They need to do something uh, to improve this team. And that's going to come in free agency. 
when they dump $12 million at Chukes Okafor, when they dump $17 million at Deontay Johnson, when they, they are in a position to draft more talent and bring in different free agents to address some of the glaring holes that they still have here. So, yes, I, but what I want to do is I want to see Broderick Jones and Joey Porter and Keanu Benton and, you know, Herbig and, of course, Pickett continue to improve because without that, they, they just got to play it. And I'll use one example that might not be a popular one around here, but Peyton Manning, his first season, he played all 16 games. The guy threw 28 interceptions, 28. <laughs> Yep. It was 3-13. and 13. Now, you were telling me what Steeler fan wouldn't be jumping out uh, off the U.S. Steel Tower <laughs> if the Steelers were 3-13 and 13 and Kenny Pickett threw 28 picks. They say it was the worst right? pick in the history of football. They would say it. It would be, oh, my God, this is over, this is over. It would be it's like they'd yep. be burning terrible towels I, in effigy. I it would be ridiculous. And look what happened. Peyton Manning got a little better, wouldn't you say, <laughs> as the years went on. Just let the guy throw the ball. Let them learn on the job. That's the only way these guys are going to get better. And there's no way that you can't tell me that Broderick Jones wouldn't have been a better uh, positional uh, switch to left tackle against Miles Garrett last week when we oh, all definitely. know Dan Moore was going to get used over and over and over again. And he was. He got you know, and that's why they were throwing those. They were throwing those screen passes to avoid the rush, but they weren't doing it. I saw Jalen Warren literally jump out of the way of a necessary block that blew up the screen pass just so that he could be the receiver. It was the wrong decision. You know what I mean? It ended up costing them the down. And, you know, he just should have just said, look, this isn't working. I'm going to protect my quarterback and hit the guy and stop him or at least chuck, you know, you know chuck him and then spin off. But, you know, that when you're calling those and they know they're coming, they're not even waiting anymore. They're, they're like just flowing in the door. And it was just the, the lack of, of creativity and the play calling is just bad. So for me, yes, let him throw 250 yards, two picks, no touchdowns. And I don't care if they win or lose. Get these guys the experience so that next year they're legitimately contending. And this year isn't a wasted year because we're still playing under the shackles and of, uh, of, a, of a simplified offense that may work against Syracuse for 73 points, but isn't going to work against the Cleveland Browns. I agree with you. I want to see Pickett throw the ball down the seam. I want to see Pickens making uh, – George Pickens making catches over the middle. I want to see Friermuth getting 20-yard catches. I don't care if he makes a couple of mistakes. I want to see – like you said, I just want to see an aggressiveness out of him. This ain't the Kenny Pitt we watched. We watched for five years at Pitt. This ain't a guy that drops back and just, you know, he's gonna let one whale. He just, and the play that stands out to me, and I know they show it a bunch of videos of this, is the one where Jalen Warren went in. Uh, he went in motion, and you can see the three Browns players literally follow him in motion, and yeah, pick the was going. and threw it right to him. And I'm like, oh my god! Like you could, you can see that as a fan at home, it ain't gonna work. And it was like. That was the play that really made me like look at the TV and go, "Wow, is that that we ain't gonna ever gain yards on on, on plays like this?" I mean, the, the whole defense knew what was coming, and and I agree with you. If Pickett doesn't, if Pickett makes some mistakes, but he's be, being more aggressive, we know what Kenny. Me and you've watched every pick game the last four years. We know what Kenny Pickett can do. He's got the arm. He's he, he's got the ability. He these last couple of weeks he looked really lost, especially like in his um. His scrambling, he would scramble the wrong way in the in the blitzes. I just think that he was like you said. I think he was. I'm not gonna say he's a yes man, but he's a young quarterback. He ain't gonna. He's not gonna. He's not gonna turn against what what uh what what Canada was calling. So I, I'm I'm excited to see what he does this week. And I know it it might not be it might not be good. It, I mean, there's no guarantee it's gonna be good. But as long as he's more aggressive, I'm I'm gonna be happy with that. 
And before we go on to the Steelers' picks, who they've picked up lately, they picked up three veterans in the last couple of days, by the way. And people in the NFL, they're, they're, they're big-name players, actually. But before we go into that, Joe, if one of these two guys, if Mike Sullivan becomes – maybe he's got it down, maybe he's got the right ideas as an offensive corner, do you have any problem with the Steelers staying in-house – at the end of the year, or do you want them to go after somebody outside the organization? Like, do you want them to bring um, somebody in brand new? You know, it, it, it depends, right? Like these guys, if they make a difference and the Steelers go five and two down the stretch and the offense improves and Kenny likes the guy and Tomlin likes the guy, I mean, they're coaches for a reason. And these guys get promoted based on merit. Right. And so giving someone a chance to step up the ladder to do that, I have no problem with that at all. I think that at the end of the season, there's going to be a flood of, of coaches, just like there are every year, and not just from the NFL, but also from college. the college ranks that may make a good fit, um, you know, in those kind of things, something that Kenny's very comfortable in working with. So, you know, I, I think we, we, we have to, as fans, not pass judgment on these guys. Now, if they come in and just flop, um, yeah, sure, then I think they're, they're going to look outside of the organization anyway. But, you know, let's – let's take a look at how they do and, you know, and, and give them um, enough time. And I think this seven games plus a potential playoff game is, is, uh, is something that, um, you know, that we need, we just need to be patient as fans for. And let's, let's, let's face it as the Steeler fans are and the Pittsburgh fans in this town, if you get two Mike Sullivan's out there to want to fire, you got the Penguins coach and the offensive coordinator, potentially that helps out a little bit on their, uh, on the post, they get to say fire Mike Sullivan and get two posts in the one because people love the post by firing people in Pittsburgh, man. That's, you know, what I saw today more than anything was we fired one guy. Why didn't we fire both? And I'm like, 634 winning percentage, guys. I'm like, I understand he's, he hasn't won a playoff game, but that's, a, that's an argument for another day. I know there's, um, there's a, there's, there's good and there's bad about Tomlin, but, um, that's how, spoiled as a sports fan the town as we've become if we have a 634 winning coach i know the playoffs have been rough but still it's like it, it's just fire this guy fire that guy you know get rid of the goalie get rid of the quarterback it's it's this is a, a quick town to uh you know get rid of rid of who's in charge joe miles jack blake martinez and eric Rowe. there are three talented veterans and they're not real old either three guys that the pet the Steelers have brought in to this organization in the last couple of days do you think any of the three of them become more than just a, a seven game fix do you think one of these guys might have a chance to come back next year and become a part of this team going forward there are three three veterans that have done stuff in the in the past and they're not they're not by any means over over the hill no, I don't think so. I think these guys are stop gaps. Uh, I loved when they signed Miles Jack last year. I thought that was an excellent signing. He led the team in tackles. Uh, he did exactly what they thought he was going to do. He's not great in coverage, but he's a great run stopper. And, and um, you know, he's somebody that's a seasoned veteran that understands his defense who shouldn't have a problem stepping back into it. And, you know, I think the one worry out there is game preparedness and game shape. Is he ready to play? Uh, but, you know, the Steelers went out and revamped their inside linebacking position as a whole in the offseason for a reason, right? And and I and I think what they wanted to do, achieve with that was making it better than what it was, which included Miles Jack. And if you look at what Cole Holcomb was doing earlier in the season, Quan Alexander, you know, I think these guys were filling that role and filling it admirably and doing a better job than what the Steelers had uh, in 2022. 
I think he's a stopgap. He's in here. They, if they thought he would, they would have, they would have just kept him. It, it, you know, I don't see why they would have not re-signed him. Um, so I think he comes in. Does he earn a spot next year? Who knows? You know what I mean? I, I honestly think that, you know, he won't uh, and will be in the same situation, but he's going to get a pay, an NFL paycheck for the next seven plus weeks. We'll see where that goes. And Blake Martinez, that's a guy I thought they should have signed a year ago. He's a tackling machine. Yeah, he's he ridiculously is. good at, at tackling. I know he has some knee problems, and um, I was surprised that they didn't give him a deeper look uh, last year, but I'm glad to give him a shot this year. But he's been out, again, out of the league. He, he has a chance to play. He could be playing elsewhere. 31 other teams said no halfway, more than halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. So the chances of him, you know, resurrecting the career, I'm not even sure he wants to resurrect the career, you know, uh, knowing what uh, he's doing on the outside as, you know, the next step in his life. Uh, and the guy's having a fun time doing it. But, you know, let's see what happens. I do not have a problem with that signing at all. I think he's he is a monster as long as he can stay healthy. And he's got to learn the defense a bit. Uh, and in terms of Eric Rowe, I mean, they have so many injuries in the defensive backfield. Getting a guy that has experience doesn't need uh, – and let's face it, they tried some of the reserves this past weekend. And if they were playing a legitimate quarterback, they would have had some problems. DTR is – was a rookie that barely put up 13 points. We put very little pressure on him. We let Cleveland play their game uh, and let him run with some rollouts and short passes. We didn't have the blitzes on until the end. Uh, And uh, I think we let him get that 13 points. Um, He's not that good. And and I think we're going to see Browning this next week. You know, Cincinnati, you know, again, a quarterback that's a reserve. So, this is a chance for uh, a road to step in and, you know, have a learning week, but they're desperate. And I think that also shows that some of these injuries they've got in the defensive backfield are, are longer term. And so they need something more than what they have in, in, on the taxi squad. And we've missed, um, <coughs> we've missed Cam Hayward for a bit this year. Um, we haven't, TJ Watt's been good all year. Thank goodness. But does, does, Minka's absence is that big of a deal for the Steelers defense, isn't it? I mean, you can tell a big, even in a run tackling, he's a he's a big run stopper that comes up in the gap. I mean, is that is that a guy that you can literally see that we don't really have safety depth at all in this organization? So yeah, I mean, we knew that going into the draft. Yeah, yeah, we knew that going into the draft. They tried to address it with Demontre KZ, and then bringing. Mm Neil in where Neil had some positional flexibility, could play inside linebacker in a spit in a pinch like he did last week. Uh, but look, if you lose an all-world safety like Mika Fitzpatrick, it is hard uh to replace that. And um, you know, Terrell Edmonds wasn't filling that bill. He was average at best after five years. It was not a good first round draft pick. It would have been an admirable third round draft pick. Uh, but the Steelers, you know, screwed that up. And uh, took him way too early and then resigned him for a year uh, and let him play out his contract. And now he's mediocre for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, like, you know, he's a, he's a starter reserve kind of guy there. But you're right. They, they, they lack depth at that position. They don't need it if, if Minka could stay healthy. Uh, and, you know, this year with the hamstring, he's been unable to do that. And, and I think that losing Neil – has really put them in a situation where they had to go out on the market and find somebody and, and he was available to them. So Joe, I've been doing articles the last couple of weeks on um, Steelers draft, possible draft picks. Um, looking at a couple of positions uh, running back. 
Um, we looked at I looked at the um the tackle position just because why not get the young and I looked at center the last week. Is there a position right now after watching these last couple of weeks with the injuries and is there a position that you're really like, you know what, Pittsburgh, we, we need to start looking here, man. I mean, is there is there a position I haven't hit yet that you're like, you know what? <laughs> no, I mean, look, uh, the offensive line, uh, you've got Mason Cole going into free agency. You have Daniels at the end of his two-year deal. And Dan Moore yeah, he's, just he's a as a, a below-the-line to use a Tomlinism, and he's just never been good. Uh, and, good depth, you know, as, as a Yeah, as a left tackle, you can't have a guy that's not a starter in this league. No. And they drafted Broderick Jones for that purpose. I realize that Dan Moore's probably never played right tackle. I don't know if he has or hasn't. I can't remember if he did in college at any point, but it can't, it just, it's, it's got to change. Right. And so I think the eventual goal is to move Jones over there and then they're going to have to go out and get a, a right tackle uh, in the, in the off season, whether it's through the draft or through a free agency or both, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps I know that there's been rumors about them interested in JC Latham from Alabama um, and some other folks that, uh, you know, they've, they've taken a liking to that said, I mean, <laughs> I think the Steelers are in one of these positions where they're probably going to be drafting in the twenties like early twenties, maybe mid twenties, maybe late teens, somewhere where they were last year. And so they're going to have the luxury of drafting best available athlete on the board. Right. And I think that they can't get caught up in the fact that they, um, might need an offensive lineman more than they need a defensive back, more than they need a corner, more than they need, you know, a wide receiver. There's plenty of positions that they need. And I think we'll be informed what they plan on doing in the draft during that early free agency uh, period where we'll yeah. see who they've gone out, who they've let go, who they've brought in, what positions they've tried to fix. And then that'll show kind of what that big board and draft day is going to look like. And then afterwards, who they address when they didn't, fill all the voids that they thought they were going to fill. So I still think that, you know, that Andy Weidel and Omar Khan are going to do something. This is going to be another offensive line, defensive back. I mean, I think that's, just, we're going to see the same thing over again. Uh, and maybe, maybe they're, you know, wide receiver sneaks up in there, but like, it's hard to say that they, they're, they're likely going to need a center. They're likely going to need at least two draft picks for the offensive line, and I think they address one of the two uh, in free agency when they can. Yeah, and I'm hoping it's not the center. I, I I did a podcast on it the other day, or did the article on it the other day about the center. They need to get that young center in there. They build around. If you notice in the history of the Steelers, besides Jeff Harding's, where they picked up a um a veteran who filled in nicely for several years, they they need just to go out and get that that Marquise Pouncey that. That young center and Damani Dawson, how they went out. They need to get that young center in there. And me, you, and Chris Mack talked about. He made a good the Creed Humphrey, the, like you mentioned, the Landon Dickerson. They they had their opportunities, and they had the opportunities to even draft the guys that they took over them. Still get they could have got like like you talked about. They could have got Landon Dickerson or Creed Humphrey, and they still got Fryermuth. Uh, you know, depending on how teams had him rated, it wasn't like Fryermuth was chopping at the bit at that point. So. And you're right, the Steelers, each week that goes by, I'm like, man, like, I mean, you could literally make an argument at quarterback. I'm not going to do that yet because I'm, I, I think, like you, you said before, I mean, he's, he's 13 and six as a starting quarterback. Um, I don't give up on the kid yet. I don't. I mean, I, I understand that he's not putting up numbers. I understand 
there's all kinds of like memes going around. Um, Anthony Richardson's shown as many touchdowns as as Kenny Pickett in October, and he's only played one game. Like stuff like that. I mean, there's all kinds of different memes out there. But I I'm not going to give up on the kid yet. I'm not. I mean, I think that um, I think these next seven games will go a long way though. I mean, honestly, if they open it up and he still can't perform, then maybe you have to. You have to decide, like, all right, this is this kid legit. But I know how Pittsburgh's organization is. They're not going to draft a quarterback next year. There's no chance, no chance of that, unless something comes in that are, you know, like a Ben slips to them like I did that one year with Roethlisberger. That's about the only chance that uh, they would take a guy. Um, Joe, real fast, people in Pittsburgh down, down on the Steelers, which they should be. I mean, we're, even though it's funny, we're six and four. We're a playoff team, and it, it feels like we're zero and ten. Honestly, when you read some of these posts, and and I understand, it's just this offense is is this the worst offense? And be honest, week in and week out, is this the worst offense in Pittsburgh history in your lifetime that you've witnessed week in and week out? And I can honestly say to myself, I actually think it is. I think it's worse than the Bubby Brister years and the the Cliff Stout years. I mean. At least back then, they made some bad interceptions. They tried to get the ball down the field. This is this was bad. This was these ten weeks were a little rough. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been good. Uh, <laughs> is it the worst? I don't know. I I, I don't know. Uh, the Bubby Brister years were pretty lean too. Uh, some <laughs> yeah. of them look we made the play playoffs for, but um, you know, I I don't know if it's the worst. Uh, it was the worst called. Uh, but I don't know if it was the worst. And to finish up the uh, podcast show, we talked during the podcast about, do you still think, and you made it a point already, so we had to play Cincy twice with a backup quarterback because they're going to have either Brown, they're going to have Browning this week, and who knows who their quarterback will be the next time we play them if Browning even stays healthy. Then we got Baltimore one more time. We still got Indianapolis. We still got Arizona. Do, do you feel the Steeler team still has a possibility of winning 11 games? Uh, yeah, I mean, their schedule's weak, and they've proven that they can beat many of these teams, and they've left two wins on the table against Jacksonville and, and Cleveland this past week away. Uh, you know, can they go into Cincinnati and split with them? Probably, you know, especially with a backup quarterback. Will they? We'll see. You know what I mean? I think that sometimes these kind of moves motivate teams, right? And we'll show them, you know, this is where let's fight for the guys in the room, you know, kind of mm -hmm. stuff. We've all been there on our sports teams, too, at a lesser level. You know, but these guys do it professionally. They know what it's like. Uh, and I expect that they're going to bounce back in a way that, you know, it's going to, they're going to have something to prove, you know, and these guys are going to know that. And, um, you know, I think this move was designed in part to maybe do that. So they weren't playing scared and they're not playing, you know, where they're, they don't want to play for the offensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, I think this team is a playoff team. 11 is probably the top of where they're going to be. That would mean, you know, a five and two record. I think they're more of a four and three kind of team. I think they make the playoffs as a wild card and go on the road and lose. All right, Joe. Last question, real quick. One eighty-five over under Kenny Pickett this week. Over. I think he. I think they take the reins off of him, and I think he wants to throw it. I think the new coaches are going to want him to throw it, and I think this team is going to have to throw it. I mean, the like Cincinnati has a pretty good defense, and. Uh, they still have an electric offense, and if Browning can get the ball to some of his receivers, named Chase with Higgins coming back, Boyd, you got Mixon, one hell of an offensive line. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers are going to have to put up points. 
So I think he's going to be chucking it. I, I like that. If he, if he gives me 200, 250, damn, if he hits 300 for the first time in his career, I'll take that, man. Just get, just get that off his schneid. But, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Good, good Thanksgiving weekend. I want to say happy Thanksgiving to all the people out there. Thank you guys for listening in. Joe, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Um, Enjoy the football this weekend. A lot, a lot of football. NFL's got three games Always. Thursday. They got three games Thursday, one game Friday, and the normal Sunday nights and Sundays and Monday nights. So a lot of NFL this weekend, a lot of college. Ohio State, Michigan, can't go wrong there. So enjoy your football weekend, Joe, and um, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah, same to you and yours, and go blue.